there, Lorenz. You're on Hollywood Palms. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's a completely my pleasure to have you. I am excited to talk to you. I know that, you know, we want to talk about your palm reading. We want to know about your life and we're going to delve deep into all your, you know, dirty secrets and whatever. But I, what I think is actually much more interesting is that time that you had hornworms on your tomato plants. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's me that has hornworms on the tomato plants. No, um, extremely online is a, a concept and a book title, a book that you wrote, which I think is incredible. And the idea of being extremely online on one hand, I feel is so ghastly just being like living your life in front of that screen. But I, I I'm so interested to find out what you discovered and what you learned and what maybe some, some preconceived notions you had about the internet and the social media aspect of things before you started writing this book. Tell me everything. Yeah, I started writing this book um, in 2020, kind of like peak pandemic times um, when we were all kind of stuck at home. Um, and I, it's about the rise of social media. So it's really from like mm -hmm. 2000 to 2020, um, sort of like a zoomed out look of how these platforms took over our lives and um, also how we all sort of became content creators and how the content creator industry emerged, kind of mm -hmm. starting with MySpace celebrities to the first YouTubers to Vine, if you guys remember Vine. I do. I remember trying to figure out Vine. I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then, um, yeah, and then sort of how it became this. I mean, now it's the influencer industry is a half a trillion dollar industry. So that seems like way too many dollars, truly. It's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of money. And that's extraordinary. So what role has social media played in your life? I mean, what, was it something that you were an early adopter of? Because personally, I was not. I am very much, I, I'm very Luddite in my, in my tastes and my behaviors. Um, and it took me a long, long time, for instance, to get a smartphone because I didn't want to become the person at, at dinner who was, you know, had a, 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 a wondering question and then was looking it up online and, and looking at my phone instead of discussing it with the people around me. And I have slowly but surely sort of become that kind of person whom, for whom the, the, the phone is that, I don't want to say lifeline because again, that's horrific, but it is a tool that I use many, many times a day. And I'm sure that there are average numbers that would be upsetting to hear, but were you an early adopter of all these technologies and these opportunities? Not so much growing up. I had like the Nokia, you know, brick phone thing, basically, um, awesome. also college. I had, um, I mean, I had Facebook in college and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like a lot of millennials, I feel like that was sort of my gateway drug to social media. I never had a sure. MySpace. Um, it wasn't until after I graduated that I really got super online because I got really into Tumblr. I don't know if you guys remember Tumblr. Which one was but... Tumblr. Oh man, Tumblr was the best. It was this like blogging <laughs> platform, but it had a lot oh, of like, oh, yeah. okay, personality. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got addicted to Tumblr. I was working a bunch of um, temp jobs after school and um, yeah, this girl at one of my temp jobs introduced me to Tumblr and I thought this is the best website ever created. And I started a lot of Tumblr blogs. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Give me an example of what were they about. Um, Give me the one that you don't want people to find. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I've wiped most of them off the internet. Even there's, they're just, they were just kind of silly blogs about like funny topics, a lot about like New York City related things, and um, you know, just uh, they were submission based. A lot of them, so mm -hmm. people would send pictures of, you know, different themes, like 
you know, food or whatever. And, um, and then I had a couple of blogs where I just, yeah, shared funny things that I, that I liked. And, um, so are you an East coaster? I am. Yeah. I'm from, I, I'm was born in New York city and then we moved to Connecticut, um, when I was young and, um, yeah, we lived in a, a little place. Um, I was born on the Upper East Side. I can't remember actually what hospital, but um, yeah. And then I lived there when I was very little. I don't really remember that much because I was a little baby and then mostly grew up in Connecticut. Gotcha. So I mean, I'm assuming your folks just commuted to the city. Where <laughs> you know what? My yeah, my dad actually worked in Connecticut um, oh. for a local company. Yeah, and then. Um, my mom was at home. I have three siblings, so she was pretty busy, but she was super active in our town and yeah. Did a lot so, of now here's, this is a weird question just popped into my head. Are your parents active on social media? No, no one else in my family is, is into social media. Really? Okay. I am the only one. A lot of them don't even have, you know, don't have social media accounts. Thankfully, my parents do not use social media at all. <laughs> I think that could be a real good thing. That's especially golly gee in, in today's day and age. And I, again, I just golly geed because that's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm 912 years old. You wouldn't believe it, but it's true. 913 next March. Mm-hmm. Anyway, regarding this podcast and your palm, I'm really curious to know what's happening and what is shown. Quitla is extraordinary in surprising little little tidbits out of people's hands and it's so bizarre to me that he is so right so often so if you could do me the favor of just pretending that he's wrong on every single thing he says I would cherish that (laughs) because it's not that he and I you know place bets on how each episode is going to go but it's it might as well be but I think we should bring him in I think we should let him you know, poke around and see what he can find. Oh, also, I was thinking earlier that if you wanted to pretend to be a whole different tailor, you know, that would be great for me as well. Anything we could do to sabotage this reading, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's take a little break. Let's find Quitla. Let's decide on what your persona is going to be. And uh, we'll come back and we're going to work it all out. you're here. Hello. Welcome to the Hollywood Palms uh, Studio and Lounge. (laughs) Sure. Whiskey bar. Sure. Hello, Taylor. It's nice to meet you. Taylor Lorenz, journalist, writer, uh, creator, awesome person, lovely brunette. (laughs) So so So, I'm I'm told. I don't, you know, I don't know a whole lot about you, Taylor, uh, on purpose. She um, was in the Twilight films, you may have heard. (laughs) Oh, I'm a huge fan. I love werewolves. Uh... (laughs) They're vampires. They're vampires. Wait, weren't you you the werewolf? Now, see, I've never seen oh, it. Yeah. So now, now I'm making oh, things up. Now I'm no really way, suspicious right. I'm not talking to Taylor Lautner. There's there's some red flags all of a sudden. But, uh... Taylor Swift, welcome to <laughs> I'm a right, huge well, fan. Anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. So I think um, I'm, I'm going to go out of limb and say that Taylor Lorenz may actually be more interesting than the other Taylors that combined, we yeah. um, have mentioned. So. I believe it. it. Uh, And and so I was just trying to preface that uh, this is essentially like meeting you the first time. 
uh, because I try not to taint the palm reading with, you know, can we not research. say taint? Can we I try not to ruin that? it with, <laughs> with, you know, preconceived knowledge or whatever. Uh, it's just a thing, a uh, point of pride on my part. Um, so if I, I, I guess I apologize in advance if I say something, uh, I don't, I don't know often what something means to you when I'm giving an analogy, an analogy or an example or something. And so I'm sort of pre-apologize. I don't intend to be hurtful or bring up hurtful things. Uh, it just happens on accident sometimes during the reading. Uh, what I always like to know though, Taylor, is have you ever had, uh, a palm reading or any of those kinds of like tarot card readings or like visited a psychic or anything like that? Does it affect the palm reading? I am just curious. Yeah. Um, I have never had my palm read in my entire life. Um, Yay. but, um, I, I have seen a psychic twice. <gasps> Um, was it, wait, was it the same one twice? No, no. Oh, okay. Okay. Once, once my friend and I were at this like art show in New York and we just walked by like one of those like walk-in psychic places. And actually <laughs> she told me that I was going to be a book writer. Huh. So I think that's kind of funny because I ended up, she kept saying buck, she had a very thick accent. She kept saying buck writer, buck writer. And I was like, nice. buck writer. And then she was like, book writer. And then I was like, oh, book. And I was like, well. I don't know that that was that prescient because I was a journalist. So, you know, but, um, but that, that was like, that was probably 10 years ago. And then oh. I saw my friend has a podcast called other world. That's about spooky kind of nice kind uh -huh. of things. And um, he had a psychic on his show. And so I went to see her to kind of suss her out. Yeah. And uh, she, it was, she mostly told me stuff about my past, but she, she did tell me that she predicted that, that the coronavirus like pandemic. That yeah. Like <laughs> <She's> not a <laughs> psychic. But it was fun. It was a fun experience both times, but I don't know that I learned, you know, that much. Did you, I, I mean, have you ever been like tarot reading, like tarot, like, did you ever have that friend in college that did the tarot cards while smoking cloves? You know, was that a thing or, or Ouija boards or, you know, what else? I love, I love Do you read your horoscope things. in the back of Cosmo? I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a Libra. I love to read my horoscope. <laughs> um, but no, I have one friend that got pretty into tarot, but I don't think she ever read my cards or oh, anything. Oh, no. Yeah. But did she smoke cloves? Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, again, just out of pure curiosity, I just want to know, like, where you're at. Going to be talking about things like energy and uh, you know, stuff like that, and I, I, I generally don't go into that sort of crystals and aura sort of area. I try to keep it based in reality. You'll kind of get a feel for what I'm talking about. I walk you through the palm reading as I'm doing it, and I try to show you the lines that I'm looking at and the reasons why I'm coming to the conclusions or interpretations that uh, I am arriving at. I, I, I kind of want it to be a two-way street of communication here, uh, which is why why I ask. But yeah, let's... So if anything pokes a, a memory or an anecdote, please come right out with it. Anything that we can do to, to put him off his yeah. game, I'm always really into Oh, oh. oh sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's take a look at your poem. Uh, the one thing that immediately jumps out uh, to me is the shape of your hand. Uh, you have long fingers and a long palm. Uh, that's. Uh, Can you confirm that this is, in fact, 
your hand. Yes. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, my hand looks so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I've never looked at my hand that closely before. (laughs) Why is my thumb like No, no, no. Because people always say I would not like the back of my hand. Like, you don't spend time looking at your palm, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, Uh, you have a beautiful hand. It's wonderful. There's there's nothing wrong with your... It uh, looks clean. <laughs> uh, so what I notice about it, though, is is the shape, the overall shape of your hand and fingers. You have long fingers and a long palm. Uh, I the, the, there are four general shapes of palms, and it's like earth hand, air hand, fire hand, that sort of thing. Earth, uh, wind, and fire. Earth, wind, and fire hand. And uh, Taylor here is a water hand, in my opinion. <laughs> Make that sound more flattering. Uh, it's well, I mean, I'm not done. <laughs> that that's not water like hand. you know, water hand period. Water that's hand. it. Okay. Water water hand. And so water hands in palm reading and palmistry, that would be somebody who is uh like broadly uh intuitive with their emotions or other people's emotions, emotional driven, uh, as opposed to somebody who is um, more goal driven, for example, would be a different kind of a like. And and again, these are just general generalizations, uh, but it's it's a starting point. Uh, so yes, you, uh, in my so opinion, far. are a water <laughs> hand. Uh, the next thing I notice about your palm is there is an extraordinary amount of lines on your palm. A lot of information is being jam packed onto your palm. Uh, in that, I, I guess we're going to have a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack on your palm. I'm not trying to say all of this is neither good or bad, just that there's a lot of information and it will it will take some doing to sort of piece this into segments, into chunks that like we can sort of digest here. Uh, I mean, you can see in your your own palm. There, there are a lot of lines here. If you wanted, I, I don't have an example to show you, but other palms can be more smooth than this. Mm, uh, I got so, a wrinkly, wrinkly. Palm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, you're a water hand. You're a water hand. So and and all of those, <laughs> all of those lines are bits and pieces of information that we're gonna sort of put together. Uh, Okay, so on your palm, uh, I read uh, four major lines. Uh, That would be your lifeline, which starts between your thumb and index finger, and it curves around your thumb pad towards your wrist. Uh, So that's your lifeline. Your fate line starts at your wrist and goes vertically up the middle of your palm. You don't have to remember these. I'll be going through these in excruciating detail. I'm just, you know, giving you the overview. Uh, So your lifeline, your fate line, your headline, which starts near your lifeline, again, between your thumb and index finger, and it goes uh, horizontally across your palm. And finally, your heart line, which starts underneath your pinky finger and goes in the other direction towards your index finger horizontally across your palm. Uh, so a thing, uh, a beautiful bit of visual poetry I like to point out about the lines is that uh, you'll notice the pattern. Your lifeline starts, we'll say, at the top of your palm and heads down. Your fate line starts at the bottom near your wrist and heads up. Your lifeline is about your quality of life, essentially. Your fate line is more about ambition and goals, and often those two things are in opposition to each other. Your goals are often incongruent to having a 
completely fulfilling quality of life. Uh, and so that's how they're represented on your palm. Similarly, your headline goes in one direction across your palm and your heart line goes in the opposite opposing direction uh, across your palm. And again, this sort of, in my opinion, beautifully, beautifully represents your head and your heart always being in opposition. Your head will always want one set of things. Your heart will want something else. And so that's sort of how it's represented on your palm. I like to point that out. Awesome. Uh, okay, so we're going to get started with your lifeline. Again, your lifeline starts between your thumb and index finger, and it curves around your thumb pad towards your wrist. Uh, what I like to look for right away is a ni nice smooth curve, like a crescent around your thumb pad. Any flat spots, plateaus, uh, or any points where it breaks or stops and starts again, those would be definite points of interest. You have a noticeable plateau in your lifeline, uh, essentially right around the middle third of the entire lifeline. Uh, I'm sorry, I should uh, mention that the lifeline doesn't tell me how long you'll live. It is not about longevity. It is about your quality of life or how good you are at making yourself happy, uh, or at least the potential to make yourself happy. The length of the lifeline is something that I look at in that the longer it is, the higher your potential, your capacity to make yourself happy would be. Uh, your lifeline is really long. It actually runs right off your palm and almost to the other side of your hand. Uh, so the the potential is there for you to make yourself happy, fulfilled. Uh, you know what makes you happy. Uh, and given the opportunities, you will seek those things out. So that's good. Uh, however, this plateau here uh, that I pointed out in the middle third of your lifeline uh, is also, uh, I mean, you can see your lifeline starts out with a nice curve and then suddenly almost at an angle flattens out and then starts that curve again after a little while. Uh, when that plateau occurs on your lifeline, it is also paired with a whole lot of lines that cross it. Um, what have you done? Most of these seem to be originating from your thumb. Many of them are not, though, which is actually un unusual for me. The thumb pad uh, represents family in the broadest terms, uh, but more, more specifically, it represents responsibility or uh, burdens that you carry, uh, whether willingly or unwillingly. They're, they're things that you have to shoulder. They're stressors or problems or or other people that you sort of have to carry because you are taking on those responsibilities it affects your quality of life uh it is sort of a zero-sum game in that you have a finite amount of energy every time you take off a little piece of that energy to deal with something else, whether it's a person or just, you know, a, a problem in general, uh, it takes away from your whole sum of energy that would otherwise be spent on you. Uh, and so, and again, by energy, I don't mean like crystals and aura or whatever. I mean like effort, essentially, uh, that you're, you're spending on not you uh, is what all of these lines are starting to represent. So the... 
Thumbpad represents family, responsibility, expectations that are put upon you. Lines that originate from the thumbpad are representing those things, those responsibilities, those expectations, um, emotional baggage, essentially, that you're carrying from other people or interactions with other people. There's a whole lot of them that come from your thumbpad, and you can see oh, they man. cross over <laughs> your lifeline. It's important to note the, the pattern, there's like a hard cutoff to this pattern. It's really the first, I'd say the first half of your lifeline has this pattern with an unholy amount of lines that are just crossing <laughs> over and interrupting things. And then it suddenly stops and you can see what your lifeline looks like afterwards where virtually nothing crosses the lifeline. And it's actually kind of smooth compared to the rest of your palm. It's uh, mm -hmm. very apparent on your palm. So... So where do you think she is right now? So yeah. that's a good question. In this, in this muddle? Uh, yeah, based on age, I think we're right about here. Uh, and like, I, that's I, a good, wait, good. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, but wait, which direction is it going? It's, go oh, yeah. it's going towards the wrist. It's going this <laughs> okay, way. Okay, okay, so okay. yeah, right. So it, uh, it, try to remember this spot on your palm if you can. I, I'm sort of looking ahead and I can see there's some key things that are happening perhaps right now and about to happen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So were you like the president of a small country as a child? Like what is, what are all of these burdens? I know I was, I'm trying what to is all this? because it's like, I, I never, I'm wondering if it's like the picture. I don't know. Maybe it's the same. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, it's so funny because I always growing up was like, wow, I don't have, I mean, I w worked a lot, but I didn't have, I don't have kids, you know, I don't mm -hmm. have any like real, but what about when you were a kid? Like, did you have a sibling that you felt you needed to care for? Or is there a situation where like a friend needed your attention or your grandmother was always sick or blah, 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 blah. You know, like what yeah. was it? No, I, I, well, I'm very, um, I'm a very like caring friend. So I definitely mm -hmm. like care about the people around me a lot. Um, like a lot, cause I'm a <laughs> person, but, um, but I don't have any hard responsibilities. I mean, I, I did, um, I was a nanny for a while. I took care of a of a um, of a little boy that was very challenging. I'm like trying to think like what was so hard. No, about yeah, no. There, there's no need to like stretch to make this work. Uh, there's still some more details here. Believe me, I'm not done okay. here. <laughs> so, so nothing immediately <laughs> jumps out at you. Yet. Yeah, but except for of course the thing you mentioned uh, where you admitted uh, to like caring for people a lot. Uh, and, and I think a lot of what I'm seeing going on over by your heart line, which is more about emotional connections, I think now suddenly makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll get to that, of course. Uh, so the start of your lifeline, the first, I, I don't wanna say like inches, but like the first, you know, maybe one quarter of your lifeline is a very typical pattern I see on a lot of palms. It's that barbed wire or chain link fence pattern that starts off the line, that pattern generally represents chaos. What that really means is there's a lot of learning going on. Uh, it's, it is when you were young, sub uh, 15, sub 14. Uh, so that's a normal pattern I see. What then is unusual is that those lines created from that barbed wire pattern extend out from that 
that segment of your lifeline. That is unusual. Uh, it is implying that this this chaos of your uh, early childhood uh, had ripple effects into other things and sort of rippled out and affect you to this day. Again, I'm not still sure that we're talking about good or bad things, but there were a lot of life lessons that you carry with you from early childhood. Uh, specifically, though, uh, there's a line here that comes from your thumb. It's more like a fold, uh, but it's very pronounced on your palm. Wow, I never noticed that, and now that's all I can see on my hand. Oh my gosh. So this that. generally represents, again, the thumb pad, the thumb area represents family, very generally. A fold like this almost always represents a person. There was somebody who was hugely influential on your life, although not someone who was... Uh, that you were directly exposed to constantly. Like, there wasn't physical interaction with this person, or at least not a whole lot, or the physical interaction with this person was sort of secondary to their impact on you, on your quality of life, on how you see the world, and emotionally. There was somebody who was hugely influential on you, uh... The, you can see that the fold sort of stops. It's represented here, but what comes off of that fold are a bunch of tiny little lines, again, that cross over your lifeline. Your headline is sort of overlapped at this point. It crosses over that, and it, they keep right on going over to your heart line, even a little bit of your fate line. Again, I'll get into all of that, but there was somebody who was hugely influential on your life, and right after their influence all, well, at least three of your major lines sort of break apart. Up till this point, your lifeline, your headline, maybe even your fate line, were all sort of overlapped. And that is what is that barbed wire daisy chain pattern. After that influence touches you, your lines break apart into so separate distinct lines. You become much more of a whole person with multiple facets to you. Okay, so this Wait, would have been around, I'm sorry. Hold on a second, I have a question. <laughs> uh, so you're saying that after the influence occurred, do, do you think that the length or the breadth of this fold indicates that this person is no longer in her life? I like, might, I would be leaning in that direction. Yes. I wonder if it's like my grandmother. This, she was so influential on me and she passed, unfortunately, but maybe that was, maybe it was that. I mean, it, it, it certainly could be that. Uh, the fact that it doesn't connect completely to your lifeline and your headline, again, leads me to believe that it, my advice would be if, to, if you want to identify who this person is, uh, it, again, it's not the physical interaction you had with this person that did it. There was something else, some energy or philosophy uh, that influenced you. Uh, and it was at a pivotal point. I, I was going to say it was around 13 to 15 years old is when many of these lines finally connect with your lifeline. Like the the ripple effect of influence finally affected you it finally touched you in some way and shortly after that you started to you had a new perspective on life you literally 
grew into a more full person with more, like I said, multiple facets to you and whatnot. Let me hedge my own interpretation here. If this fold is not a singular person, it could be an ideology. If I don't know if your family was particularly religious, for example, and you subscribe to that, that would show up the same way. It would be something family-related that influenced you. Uh, In fact, it would make a little more sense if it was something like a philosophy or an ideology Mm -hmm. that influenced you, because that would explain why there was no physical interaction with it. It was Mm -hmm. something that happened around you or that you witnessed or something like that. Does that ring true to you at all? I kind of think my family's definitely not religious. Okay. Um, but gosh, I, I, you know, I have such a hard time remembering when I was a teenager. Um, no worries. I got very into creative stuff, I guess, in my, in my high school era. So maybe it's just discovering that type of thing. That could be it. Uh, I, to further elaborate on sort of that track, uh, were you very supported in your creative efforts? Do you feel like you were encouraged and whatnot? Yes, my parents were so supportive. They really let me do a lot of art projects and, you know, express myself. Excellent, excellent. Okay, I'm kind of leaning in that direction. Again, that sort of explanation to me, at least, it, it explains, again, the lack of physical interaction with whatever that influence was. Uh, and again, it was family related because it's coming from the thumb, thumb head area. So I, I like that as an interpretation. Uh, and, I, and I think then this ends up being very positive. There are a lot of ripple effects from just being encouraged. Uh, and, and like I said, from that point forward, your lines actually break apart uh, or, or I should say separate. Instead of being a singular line, you get multiple lines all expressing themselves in a certain way. Uh, so I think this was a, a positive influence. What still strikes me as unusual about this is the, the sheer number of lines still sort of, like they're all going in different directions. Are you the kind of person to pursue projects or even like friendships like uh spontaneously and like hop from one to another and oh okay i'm the most like chaotic (laughs) i didn't want to say the word chaotic but okay all right (laughs) so can we now refer to this as the crease of chaotic creativity yes yeah okay fantastic yeah let's get a sharpie and if you could just write that on your palm just like chaos and a little arrow (laughs) okay so (laughs) knowing that detail about you taylor this i think all makes a lot more sense and seems very uh it's much less scary to me as a palm reader i i get it now uh there were a lot of competing influences and interests and hopping from one to another constantly some of them were just left hanging some of them continue with with you to this day that makes a lot of sense okay uh and i and i like all of it like i said it's very positive uh, I have to remember, everyone, everyone remember a mental note. I have to look into this series of lines that are above your 
uh, lifeline just underneath your index finger. Those are pretty unusual and we'll have to get into that later. I want to continue with the flow of your lifeline here. So then we're getting closer to uh, present day. I mean, within decades anyway, a, a present day, suddenly your lifeline flattens out. It, it, it almost takes a 90 degree turn and heads straight down your palm. Incidentally, that is also where your headline breaks away from your lifeline. Um, I don't. I don't think that's that's related. I uh, and here's why: um, your lifeline. I'm sorry. Your headline doesn't show any negative reasons for that split. It seems to all be related to your blossoming as a creative person and sort of having new perspectives uh, that are that you can separate from yourself and your happiness. Anyway, uh, this plateau to me seems to be more related again to these lines that cross over from your thumb pad uh, and then head across your palm, crossing your lifeline. These lines look distinctly different than the uh, teenager U lines, which were like chaotic, like they look like cross hatches. They're going in every direction. You can see some are going vertical, some are going, uh, you know, completely opposite to that. Uh, here, they're all flowing in one direction and they're all flowing towards your fate line and a little bit towards your headline. So then, the interpretation here is that there was some decision, fate-related decision that you made. This would have been early to mid-20s, 23 to 26 maybe, there was some decision made. Uh, I say decision again because this is where your headline splits off. So it's some head-related thing occurred that made your quality of life tank. <laughs> there was something you, a sacrifice you made or something. It was a conscious sacrifice on your part. It was, a, it was wow. an equation you made and you decided to take that hit. Uh, I think I know what it is. Oh my gosh. That was, <laughs> I was so hoping he was going to say it was something positive happened. It's like, oh no. It's oh no. no. <laughs> well, I think I made a lot of dumb decisions in my 20s. Oh no. That. <laughs> well, I think that's just called being in your 20s, but yeah. something specific? Well, I did. I basically like, like quit my life and ran away to another city to to be with this person wow. that was a disastrous decision and it derailed my life for a did while. Did that happen between 23 and 26? It did. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and podcast I over. Thanks it. everyone for attending. Uh <laughs> I hate it when he nails it. I hate it when he nails it. Uh, I mean, I'm also super fascinated that that interpretation sort of rings true for you, Taylor. That's, uh, I don't know how that works. Uh, but that's so cool that you were able to recognize the thing that I was trying to describe. That's okay. Anything I can think of. Sure. That's <laughs> pretty profound. It's, it's, I usually tell people like the first thing that comes to mind, especially when you're like, oh, I think I know what it, it probably is, what that thing is. Uh, I try my best to, you know, give an analogy or to give some kind of a real world example so that you're better able to zero in on what the thing is that I, I think I'm talking about. Uh, I'm glad that worked out that way. That's, that's really, I'm just, you know, patting myself on the back for that one. It's good. It's good. 
We should. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a tally mark. <laughs> Thank. That that's all I'm asking. Thank you. Uh, okay, so uh, we see why your lifeline, your quality of life, takes a hit uh, from a decision made, uh, and from that point for a, a little while, uh, not so easy to recover from that hit. Uh, it seems like after that is when these lines start to cross over your lifeline. Sometimes people are able to build in uh, defense mechanisms or buffers, uh, whatever that may be. Sometimes it's substance abuse. Sometimes it's hobbies or whatever, passions. I don't see that kind of buffer for you. It seems like there's a lot of daylight between substance abuse and a hobby. <laughs> sure, sure. It's a spectrum. Uh, I'm giving the two, you know, extreme points of that, in my opinion. Uh, you don't have that kind of a buffer. You can see these lines just shoot right through your lifeline, <laughs> meaning you are letting these responsibilities through. You're, you're taking them on. Uh, and more often than not, these are not your responsibilities you are taking on external responsibilities or you're letting expectations of other people affect you. Uh, and it's, it, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it really, it really doesn't stop. Uh, so, and, and we're right up to, if I keep going, we're right up to present day uh, and it still sort of keeps happening the question to you, Taylor, is, uh, uh, is, does that ring true to you? Are you letting a lot of judgments and expectations pass into you? Are you trying to incorporate? Are you trying to people please or satisfy some kind of an audience or something like that? Yeah, I mean, we all do that, I feel like, but I'm very yeah. bad at, at not doing things like that. <laughs> not, not preventing them. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself um, because I want to do my best and be the best. And, you know, I, we're all like that, I guess, a little bit. But uh, sure, sure. A little bit. Uh, uh, you are mom, you were like that I'm a like, lot. I need to get my shit together. I, I like the way you put it. It, it, is, it is essentially a representation of pressure that's being put upon you. Uh, the palm reading advice here is, I, I guess, if it's working for you, uh, again, all, a lot of this seems to be a conscious sacrifice on your part. Uh, and I think you hit it when you said you're just trying to be, do the best that you can, uh, for everybody who has a stake in it. Uh, so I think, again, this is, self-sacrifice on your part if you feel like you're making gains if you feel like you are moving the goalpost forward or moving the ball forward in a good way uh then it's weird to say it but maybe you know keep on keeping on uh this level of pressure that you are letting pass through you uh, and I don't mean pass through you like in, in the good way, like you are, you are taking it on. Uh, I should say you're letting, you're carrying it. Um, it's not going to break you. Uh, and we know that because we can see the rest of your lifeline. That plateau doesn't continue. It in fact has a finite stopping point. 
So yeah, the the palm reading advice is uh, you're you're plenty strong to keep taking it if you think it's worth it still, uh, and if that's the case, keep 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 going. You're you're doing a great job. You are plenty strong for all of this. I mean, without going into to ugly detail, we've seen people try to take you down. Didn't work. That's a really good point. You're you're here and you're getting through it. <laughs> I like the, I like that you've only got a little bit more to go. I mean, I don't know how many years that represents per se, but I like that you've only a little bit more to go before you're like free to enjoy and be and create. You know what works for you and and without the the haters, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I like I like that things are getting better. I think if it was reversed, I would be like uh-oh. terrified. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I just gotta keep on a little longer. And uh, just keep your good. keep your head down, but keep doing what you're doing. Uh, again, so long as you think you're making progress here. And again, we're only really talking about like your happiness, your quality of life. So long as you don't think you're getting more unhappy with things keep at it uh you will be okay so we're gonna get right now then to near present day present day and like into the near future again present day is right about here on your lifeline uh right before that so this would be within five years probably less there's a cluster of lines that come off of your thumb pad head over to uh, across your fate line head over to your headline keeps right on going over to your heart line. Unusual bundle of lines that go straight across your palm, connecting all of your major lines. The way this bundle of lines looks, this kind of rope of lines, makes me think that this is a particular, you could group this as a particular event. Again, it's coming from the thumb pad. It's starting from there. The thumb pad is family uh but in this case i think it's it's something related to uh an event a not not a good event there's a particular event that affects every aspect of your life uh it starts out uh, directly affecting like your happiness and then it sort of keeps escalating it starts to affect your headline it affects your uh your fate line and then ultimately, like your heartline, your emotions, every aspect of you gets affected by this. It is also notably, this bundle of lines crosses all of your major lines uh, at a perpendicular angle. It is, th- that perpendicular crossing always represents conflict or opposition. There was some kind of major conflict in your life that affected every aspect of your life. Again, this would have been I'm going to say recent, like within five years, maybe. Uh, and it, it's it's there. It's marked on your palm. Some, something got, uh, I don't want to say resolved. Resolved is the bad word. Um, some part of it is like on hold or something. Why I say that is you can see here, again, we're focusing on your lifeline. That bundle crosses your lifeline. Um, and then there's kind of a smooth island in, uh, there. This is present day. And then we see from the exact same starting point, those lines come back again. Oh, and wow. they almost trace the same path. 
Oh, no. Uh, right, right. So I think the obvious interpretation here is whatever that conflict was that affected every aspect of your life. That... I, wonder, oh, I wonder if it's like, well, I don't know how much you guys know about my work, but I've written some stories that have made people on the internet mad. I write sometimes about political figures, oh, especially okay. on the right. Yeah. Um, and you've that, taken a lot of heat for that, it. Yes, that that literally upended my entire life and have caused so much chaos in my life. Um, all of the things that they did. Look and at I, that bundle of chaos right there in the middle of your right hand. There, and I'm all just the way across. Telling a friend though that I feel like it's calmed down a little bit. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Carlson's off the air finally. Good now. job. Good job. And now. Um, I hope it doesn't go back. So, uh, I hope so, too. Uh, Maybe maybe it's different chaos. Maybe it's some good chaos. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh Uh-oh. So, I mean, the fact that you you can see those bundles of uh, lines all come from the same origin here, Mm -hmm. and they take a distinct path to cross your lifeline again at a perpendicular angle and then trace pretty much the same sort of arc. My interpretation then, this this would be, you know, the whole point of palm reading then, we're starting to get into like future stuff, which is, you know, always fun. Uh, it would be that whatever that thing was that absolutely upended your life, uh, most importantly, like made your happiness and quality of life take a hit because you had to spend the energy to deal with that. Uh, it, it is going to rear its ugly head again. But then look at all the smooth sailing. Yes, that. that's yes. important to note. Gotta get yes, it. yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So ultimately. And we see, sorry, Quila, we see that she had the strength to get through that nasty. I mean, it just looks yeah. ridiculous if you see the guys can see how many lions are crossing this girl's hand yeah. right now. Yeah. But but then look at how smooth and clear and clean it is afterward. Life is um, going to get good eventually. Could you, could you please come back on the show in like 50 years and Update tell us, us just how yeah. right yeah. he was? So the, the Pomerang advice, Taylor, then is... Uh, I mean, you are correct. You are in that the eye of the storm. Unfortunately, you're going to pass through that storm or something very similar to it again. Uh, Try as you might, it is apparently still going to affect every aspect of your life. It is going to be the same shitstorm again, or at least, you know, it's going to be comparable, I I guess, uh, would be a better way to say it. Uh, I think it is still related to whatever the first half of the shitstorm was. It's still, it's related to that. Something about that comes back again. Uh, I, I, it's but you in, know how to do it. You know how to deal with yeah. it. Yeah, I've been through it. It doesn't yeah. look nearly as bad as the first time where it crosses over your lifeline. It, instead of as concentrated as it was the first time, I see it's more like hit here, hit here, hit here, and it's going to be over uh, a couple of years uh, that that storm is going to be affecting you. As we pointed out, now you know just weather the storm. You can and will get on the other side of that, uh, and your quality of life will drastically improve after that for some reason. I don't know why, but so we started out looking at that plateau 
uh, on your lifeline, and then very dramatically, your lifeline keeps uh, takes a turn again and turns back into that smooth, wonderful curve we like to see. Uh, it's it's almost night and day when you see them together. Uh, so I, I, I take that overall as a wonderful sign. Yes, you will get through it, but be aware it's going to come back. You, you know, uh, stock up on canned goods or however you prepare for this. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so, so you're aware of it. Um, interestingly enough then, so now we're getting to the tail end, the final part of your lifeline. Uh, not your life, just your lifeline uh, down here uh, where it starts to curve towards the bottom of your palm near your wrist. Instead of a machine gun nest of lines just constantly shooting across your lifeline. What we see instead are these irregular sort of sand dune ripples on your palm here. These lines are represent a representation of that buffer that I was talking about, that uh, um, a defense mechanism, coping mechanism, whatever, what, what have you. That's what they look like. So you apparently learn from this final shitstorm. Something occurs to you, some change to your lifestyle or quality of life again. You put in place buffers. Uh, either people stand up for you and begin to protect you. They They start to insulate you from whatever all of those things were, or you put things in place to buffer yourself and you sort of over-engineer these buffers in that there are like 40 of them <laughs> on your palm here. Usually I see one or two. Uh, you make sure that shit never happens again for you. Uh, the downside to all of these buffers, these coping mechanisms, is that every one of them costs you something. It takes effort to maintain them, to keep them going, but apparently it does not matter for you. You can put up a billion of them and your quality of life just keeps improving because of it. So, where before I talked about these mechanisms sometimes being perhaps substance abuse or something like that. Or a hobby. Or, or a hobby. Yeah. I think we're going more towards that hobby side of the spectrum for you, Taylor. And that these are, every time you put one of these buffers up, it, it, it just works for you. It, it costs you virtually nothing. And your life just keeps getting better and better because of it. So I don't know what... What buffers these would be that you don't have in place right now? Uh, I don't know if it's a change in location or if you buy a private island and sort of, you know, retreat and become a hermit. I don't know if something in your mind comes to you that you're something that you could do but don't do for whatever reason. Uh, I don't I don't know what that would be. I have to wait and see. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, again, ultimately, the good news is it works for you. You will find a way uh, once you're on the other side of that shitstorm, uh, which according to your palm is definitely coming and definitely related to uh, the first one, the first half of it. Uh, that's really interesting that you sort of have that going on there. 
and I like more that you sort of mentioned like things feel kind of calm now and uh, whatnot. Uh-oh. Like that's yeah. That's, Let's quit harping on it. Let's find her some good news, huh? Okay, we'll keep going on. We're going to move over to your um, your fate line now. Your fate line, again, is supposed to start at the bottom of your palm near your wrist, and it is a vertical line that generally goes straight up. Uh, not so much for your palm. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little slanted on your palm. I think your fate line starts over here sort of opposite your thumb pad, and it angles up this way. So what's uh, that? I'm sorry. What's that next line there, further over, to the left? No, no, no. Starting down at the bottom. Oh, that yeah. So that's uh, that's a. Com- oh, oh, sorry, Taylor. I think I found some more, more bad, bad news. news. It's a, it's a competing fate line. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. It is it is definitely something. I'm definitely going to talk about it. So your fate line again. Uh, ideally, it would start uh, at the center, bottom of your palm, and run vertically straight up, your fate line is kind of canted a little. It's leaning more towards your thumb and your lifeline. Um, Also, it's not nearly as deeply cut as your other three lines. I can, without even highlighting it, I can see your lifeline, your headline, your heart line, like they're there. Your fate line is a little more of a ghost line. Your fate is, so for fate, I don't mean like predetermination or anything like that. Fate here really means the path that you're choosing to follow in your life. Uh, You have a goal to get to. Are you good at setting waypoints? Point A, point B, point C. And are you traversing those waypoints in order in a logical way to get to your goal. That's sort of what fate is about. Are you spending energy to stay on your path? Do you even know what your path is? That's sort of what the fate line is. Uh, This sort of faint fate line at the start would imply that you were somebody who didn't have a singular path. You were, in fact, trying your hand at a whole bunch of things. I think we determined that early on. You were encouraged to express yourself in a creative way. I think that's what we're seeing here. One singular path did not interest you. Uh, And so that's why it's sort of faint. It is nice to see that it's here and it's relatively straight, meaning even if it felt like you were jumping from one thing to another, dropping things, picking things up uh, as far as like interests and whatnot, even if you were doing that, you were still moving in a direction that was satisfying to you for the most part. So I I don't really have a problem with your fate line being sort of ghostly and faint like it is here. Uh, What what I do take uh, issue with then is that your fate line is canted a little bit instead of being straight up and down. And it is canted towards uh, the things we were just talking about. That thick bundle of lines, the first part of your shitstorm, uh, crosses your lifeline, connects to your fate line, and it looks like it's literally pulling your fate over towards it. It's like a black hole event in your life that all of your lines are just starting to lean in towards. Uh, or or wow. work. Work. Good news, remember? Yeah. And so that this is the effect. Your fate line, uh, I'm sorry, your lifeline, the effect was... You have to spend energy to deal with it. Your happiness and quality of life 
took another tank, this time not because of your decision, because it's something external. This is the effect that happens on your fate line. Is your fate line, the path that you're following uh, has to veer because you're dealing with the fallout, fallout of whatever that was. Uh, you couldn't follow your, your goals A to B to C. You had to sort of deviate and meander around to navigate whatever the shitstorm was. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds true, though. That sounds right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And again, that's all the past, of course. Like, you've already been through that. Uh, we okay. we know there's going to be a you know a part two of it. However, at that point, once it's done, I see your fate line here, and it is looks like it's course correcting back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, so you can see your fate line here. Then there's a course correction where it sort of zigzags and then heads back to the center of your palm and more vertically in like a straight up and down fashion than your, the rest of your fate line, the start of your fate line. I think that's all good news. Uh, it also does it at your headline, which implies that this is a conscious redirection on your part. You learn from this shitstorm events and you course correct yourself. And after that, your fate line at least is smooth sailing. We already know that it works for your quality of life, your happiness. This is now saying that that same right angle turn in your lifeline happens here in your fate line and you, you course correct for the better and that's good. You get your eyes back on the prize. Great. Ultimately, girl. ultimately you that's it. good. At some point in the future. I don't know, <laughs> but you do. <laughs> so the other line that Portland brought up that comes from the opposite end of your palm. It sort of shadows, it mirrors your fate line, sort of same direction, same angle, everything. So the palm, uh, I'm sorry, the thumb pad, part of your palm represents responsibility, expectations, family, whatnot. The other, the heel of your palm would represent irresponsibility or things that the motivations you have that you think other people wouldn't respect you for. So that would be like <laughs> secret motivations or hidden desires or something where that you should tell us all about. Absolutely. Yeah, divulge it to us right now. There was something early on for you, Taylor, that you had a secret passion for that you think was forbidden or was the one thing discouraged about you uh and again it would be this would be sort of an external discouragement not I internal think, well i was horrible at school i don't know <laughs> i failed like yeah but did you want to be horrible at school like this would be something you'd want to do oh that i'd want to yes do. but that was intentionally um, suppressed probably by yourself and that you thought other people would not say it was okay this isn't like oh you know i've always wanted to uh do terrible illegal things it, it might not be that drastic it really would be more like you always wanted to be a rock star or something <laughs> like that it was a motivation that you just thought was unreasonable or impossible or something like that you carried this motivation with you for a very long time uh, I mean, it was only in the grand scheme of things only recently that you 
sort of incorporated this motivation into your current fate line. We well, see... I really wanted to be a journalist, and it took me a really long time, so maybe oh, that was it. That, that, <laughs> that very well could be it. I, I was going to say this uh, irresponsible line of yours takes a turn and then connects back with your fate line. So that implies that there was something that you did that you incorporated you, it. Did you fully believe that you could write a book? Or was that one of those things? I'm very dyslexic. Yeah, I'm very dyslexic. And I didn't really think that I could be a writer for many reasons. I was told I was a terrible writer (laughs) by a lot of people and put in a lot of dumb classes. Um, So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Like, I. That that very well could be it. I'm trying to think what else. I don't have. I don't have a lot of like roadblocks. Like if I want to do something, I kind of just try it and sure. do it until it works. So sure, um, uh, this would about. not <laughs> not have been a roadblock. This would have been just something that you didn't devote any time and energy to, despite oh, being passionate crazy. about it. Mm. I love I love to give the example of let's say you've always wanted to be a clown, but you Nobody thought. Wants to be a clown. <laughs> well, well, I mean, let, you know, somebody, somebody out there in the world probably wants to be a clown. Uh, Taylor, let's say that was you. You wanted to be a clown, uh, but you knew in your heart of hearts, like you know, that that's a dumb idea. As much as I'm passionate about. Clowning the thing, is, the the clown thing is, like, I'm so crazy. Like, if I want something, I'm just, yeah. there's nothing that I'll... Nothing's off limits. Interesting, Taylor. Good to know. Yeah. Like, because I'm just like, why not? Why do you make that sound so creepy? Uh, what, do you, what do you mean? I'm just saying. <laughs> what? Just, what? Nothing's off limits. Like, nothing <laughs> the worst that happens is it doesn't work out, you know? Oh, okay. That's what my parents always told me, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, I got to I gotta do some deep digging. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think I can say perhaps my initial interpretation was wrong, and this is, in, in fact, like all of those naysayers and people saying you can't write or you shouldn't write because you're a bad writer. Like, all of that may have been represented in this sort of same area in that the spirit of that message is the same, that you had a passion for something but repressed it, in this case or suppressed it, I should say. And it was in this case because a whole bunch of external people were telling you awful, awful stuff that they should not have, you know, said. Like, they were all wrong, clearly. Uh, So I wonder if that's what this is just trying to represent, Uh, that it weighed on you for a very long time, so much so that your palm decided to record this information, perhaps as a way for you to remember, like, you know, where you came from or something like that. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that could be it. Uh, okay, so the your fate line, we talked about it, sort of does a zigzag and course corrects. What I like about that course correction, so now we're talking about the future. This is after the shitstorm, uh, after you Part sort of two. rewrite, after you redirect your life. What I really like to see is that your fate line crosses your heart line. More ideally, your fate line would cross your head and your heart line. It technically does that, but it's not in the same, it's not the same path that's doing it. It crosses your headline. You realize something and you change direction and then it course corrects and goes across your heart line. Ideally, it would cross both sort of in the same instance. What that would represent visually is that the path that you have chosen would satisfy your head and your heart equally, that your intellect and your passion are both in the game and they're both 100% on the 
on board for the path you have chosen. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to see in a poem. You technically have it, but again, there's some element of sacrifice uh, on your poem. And we kind of had that as a theme earlier in your lifeline. Even at the top of this, you sort of mentioned kind of over-caring or caring a lot, I should say, about people who are not you, which is, again, wonderful, but it costs you. That always comes at a cost. Your course correction apparently comes at a price, uh, and that price creatively is that there's perhaps some element of... I'm. This is an over-exaggeration, but it's the direction I'm leaning in. There's some element of selling out. There's some compromise. That, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Taylor, I there's sell a, out. I it, get rich. The rest of my life is smooth sailing. It, it, I'm so, that private island comes in. If, Finally. <laughs> if that's what it is, I, I apologize for calling it selling out. It would be you getting what you deserve, Taylor. But that would be... But in a good way? They, yes, absolutely. Okay. I, I, I don't know any other again, way. That was a little threatening. I don't know any other way to say you should get what you deserve. <laughs> I don't know why that comes off as threatening in any way. I love it. Uh, so that would be a good example, actually, of you getting some kind of a payday that turns your life around because of it. That This is what that would look like. Yeah, uh, I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you in 20 years if I haven't gotten it's, my big check yet. This is <laughs> like, less than 20 what's years. What's going on? The palm set. <laughs> oh, oh, under 20 years. Under tw oh, under 20 years. Ooh. This is under 10 that all of this okay. is happening. The shitstorm, again, is within another three years let's not think about that let's sure sure but but <laughs> after that is when the good times come and so if it is some kind of a payday like i said though there's a hint oh my God, i'm getting so stressed out thinking about going through all that <laughs> oh, no. stuff again <laughs> no no don't please don't i take back what i said none of it's true palm reading is fake <laughs> uh, I wanted to finish up then with a thought on your fate line. Again, there was, there was a hint of some kind of a compromise on your part. This is not a soul-crushing, like you've sold your soul to the devil kind of compromise. There's just something there. Oh, that, so she does not take a position with Fox News. <laughs> it is perhaps... I take over Tucker Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> right. You become your own worst enemy. Yes, there it is. Uh, in fact, everything looks like the shape of a T, which stands for Tucker, Tucker Carlson. So there you go. I, I think it's definitive. Sorry. Uh, uh, but it, yeah, you enjoy success no, on Fox News. <laughs> no, I could never. I could never. So, uh, yeah, so that compromise, I, I mean, I'm using the word compromise, but, but we're also seeing that you do some kind of a course correction on your fate line. So that course correction could be the compromise that I'm, I'm talking about. So maybe that instead of talking about uh, a career on social media, you you course correct to a career on, I don't know, virtual reality? Is that the next thing? I don't know. But I'm saying it could be something like that, where it's just adjacent to what you've done so far. Maybe you start your own platform and it becomes Ooh. the place to be. 
and you make a million bazillion dollars and you're like, I need to put my personal palm reader and his sidekick on payroll. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's when you guys are my, join my staff on yes. a private compound. Thank you in advance for that. <laughs> We're very we'll be, expensive. We'll be calling you in 20 years if that hasn't happened, by the way. Hey, Taylor, remember it's, uh, it's Queen Lai. I read your palm that one time. <laughs> and, and then you just hang up or something. But that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So I think ultimately, again, we end on a good note there for your fate line. Uh, not only do you keep your eyes on the prize, you course correct to make things even better for yourself. Fabulous. We're going to move on to your headline which again starts between your thumb and index finger and it's the one that sort of runs horizontally across your palm. Ideally, it would be flat across your palm. Uh, yours has a distinct kink and a downward uh, corner return. I want to hear all about her distinct kink. See, <laughs> you can say things like that and it's not weird, but if I say that, all of a sudden it's like, oh, Quayla, you're being super weird about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> well, let's find out what her distinct kink is. Sure. And then I'll decide if it's weird. I well, will judge. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we already have a running theme on your palm, Taylor, that all of your lines have a moment where they do a sharp turn. Your lifeline does it twice. Your fate line uh, does it actually also twice uh, so your headline also follows that theme that there's sort of a consistent horizontal line and then it takes a turn and and dips down towards the uh, bottom corner of your palm the downward turn is not negative it's, it's not really a, a thing generally finally finally something about it is not negative. generally the downward turn would imply like all things being equal you were more of a pessimist first than an optimist in that when presented again this is your headline so this is all about information when presented with new or surprising information there's a skeptical nature to yes, how you receive that's it. That's why I'm a reporter. That's why I'm a journalist. <laughs> so, so I think. I'm a huge skeptic. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's that's all this is representing. Same. <laughs> what, I, what I do like about it is that it is very straight and very long, uh, despite that turn, despite that kink in your headline. Very straight, very long. It almost goes off your palm. The length of your headline would just imply that, uh, you know, you have a extraordinary intellect uh, when it comes to information. Uh, you can process a lot, and a lot of that processing is happening, I'll say, subconsciously for you. Uh, you don't, you're not actively thinking through the things that you're working on, but you are constantly mulling on them. The flip side to that coin is there is a tendency for I guess it would be described as an anxiety or a worrying nature of a whole bunch of scatter points of information. Uh, I is that is that true for you, Taylor? Yeah, I'm definitely a definitely worry or think about. You know, yeah. I think when you know, I got I'm, I'm like always. I don't know if it's anxiety, but I like to like have a lot of information and think about it a lot. So okay. She's a data girl. Yeah. She wants to have the information. I want to have all the information. Yeah. That's why I'm a reporter. Got to get the, get all the info Absolutely. and then think about it. <laughs> and, then, and then think about it. Sure. Uh, th the reason I bring up the subconscious mulling over information is, uh, 
Externally, people will see that as you being perhaps very sharp when it comes to making connections to things or processing large chunks of information and being able to distill that quickly to hone in on the thing that you want to focus on. Uh, It happens very quickly for you. For external people, it can be kind of intimidating or you may come off as standoffish Uh, if people have ever expressed that about you, that like when you sink your teeth into an idea, it's very difficult to shake you loose of it or to change your mind once you've come to a conclusion. If people have expressed that about you, they're right. It is you. It's not them. Uh, (laughs) uh, I I don't change my mind. I change my mind all the time. Okay. Okay. I am very like um, intense about my beliefs or like, you know, what I like, you know, if you have all the information and you think about it, I don't know. But yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I'm not saying you're wrong. That's that's definitely not well, the interpretation I here. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you, you know, your track record is fabulous about being correct about your conclusions. Not in my articles, not in my articles, but <laughs> in other things I think my friends would say. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I guess be aware that, you are doing a lot of processing very quickly and other people aren't aware of it. And so that can be a little intimidating. You gotta, you have to be patient with us stupids, I guess is what I'm saying. Be patient (laughs) with us. We can't do those things as fast as you can. Uh, One of the things I mean, okay. So there are a bunch of lines that cross over your headline at uh, about the midway point. We've already hashed through what those are. And I think we've readily identified them. Uh, the last thing then on your headline, uh, what I look for is a little fork in the line, like a snake tongue or a V shape. It's usually fairly small. Uh, at least that's sort of typical on you. That V shape is exaggerated. It's, it's enormous. You're the, the snake tongue shape pattern on your headline. It's huge. What that symbol represents is in decision-making, you weigh equally between what your gut tells you and what your head is telling you. You weigh equally between the facts and your sort of uh, emotional take on whatever that information is, what that situation is. You have the shape, but it is super exaggerated on your palm, meaning uh, you, it it is a thing for you to overweigh uh, a decision or like you really chew on a decision or facts or whatnot. You said earlier that you like change your mind constantly. I think that is how this is representing that mulling over for you, that you are quick to change your mind because you are sort of not waffling, but you're changing, changing your sort of perspective very quickly back and forth between your passion and your intellect, what your gut tells you, what your head tells you. I don't know if that's true, but that's generally what is sort of exaggerated. So true. Means. So oh, true. oh, okay. I, yes, I'm a big thinker about things and <laughs> okay. weighing things out. <laughs> um, the danger then, okay, so the palm reading advice here, the danger with having that kind of an exaggerated symbol in your palm is that you keep weighing your options, keep going back and forth 
changing your mind on things is that you don't ever come to the actual conclusion or you never reach the goal that you're trying to set out. I just went through this, not to interrupt you guys. I just changed my book cover colors <laughs> once again. <laughs> my editor texted me this morning. I think she wants to literally murder me. Um, I am the most indecisive person on this book cover. Okay. I've changed this book cover so many times and because I keep thinking, oh, well, what if I didn't, like, what if I, I forgot to account for this? And then, the, you know, I just, but then I like something, but then I'm thinking, well, will that sell? And anyway, so I feel right. this very, very much in my life right now. All right. So it's a strongly worded uh, warning to you <laughs> that it would be, it would behoove you if you would set up the sort of life practice to make conclusive decisions and stick with them uh you know it's the the old thing about like uh let's say you're deciding between uh, different flavors of tea uh or dirty water as it's sometimes called uh who calls it that I, as I, I drink my tea right see <laughs> my yeah. my tea cup is in fact empty so <laughs> so yeah you know the 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 life coach tactic is to uh you know, check in with like, what kind of, what flavor of tea do I want? How do I feel about it? What do I think about it? Like be in the moment on those decisions to try to practice, to be more conclusive about them. Uh, I mean, I'm more curious about your book cover thing. What, what was the, the last cover? What didn't you like about it that made you want to switch to the current cover and thus get murdered by your, you know, publisher. Well, yeah. So this was the last cover. It's just the colors. Okay. Okay. So it's like a like, a gradient, like black to red kind of a look. Okay. I did not it's like the, purpley. Yeah, I did oh. not like the red, white, and blue. Oh. And so I changed it to this one, which is going to be gold. Nice. Um, okay. And blue. Okay. And you know, it's, it's also not the one that I love, to be honest. I wanted it to be kind of a yellow and blue, more like this, oh. but, um, but it was so last minute and I've changed it so many times that my editor was like, absolutely not just accept this version of it or you will not, your book will not come out on time. You have changed it like seven times. So what happens now if we go, Ooh, yeah, no, we don't like that one. No. <laughs> well, I have to say, so, you know, the thing with the red, white and blue is that my book is very much like about like sort of pop culture and mm -hmm. tech and it's almost more entertainment adjacent and kind of like, and I worried that the red, white, and blue would make people think it was like a political related yeah. book or sure, something. Sure. And it's more like Hollywood. I mean, it's about like sort of this Hollywood-esque industry. And so, you know, that was the feedback that I actually got from a lot of people because the galleys went out, mm -hmm. they are red, white, and blue. And people were like, oh, is it political? And, you know, sometimes I do write political things, but it's really not like the main thing that I write about. So, sure. I, so, I, so I switched it up and I, I think it'll be better. I think it'll be good. We think so too. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I like the, I like the current cover also. If if I can vote in on it, yeah. Good, good, good. Okay. Well, when I say we, I am speaking for both of us, Leela. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I Taylor, I love that anecdote because I think you talked about the thing I was trying to express, and that there was a lot of thoughts going into your multiple cover decisions. Uh, you you 
checked in with yourself, like how you felt, how other people felt. You did all of that, what I described as like overthinking it. Uh, and you were sort of forced into a decision. That is, all of that perfectly encapsulates the exaggerated snake tongue symbol uh, in that you still, <laughs> you, you go through checking in with both aspects of you and even checking in externally like, you know, uh, with, with what other people say, but it's a lot as opposed to just going for the thing that you liked to begin with. Uh, and and so that's the danger of this uh, that will keep happening to you as you become more and more successful and eventually get your show on uh, the Fox network. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, as, as you eventually... <laughs> I will never. never. <laughs> it'll be like, oh, I don't know what my logo will be on my show. No, but I, but I'm saying like it'll be more of that. Uh, you're you're obviously aware of it. Uh, there are things you can do to correct it. As as your official palm reader, you should do those things and try to correct okay. it. Okay. Taylor, <laughs> he is not licensed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, the only reason really is because you're expending energy doing it. And that energy could be redirected elsewhere in your life, let's say, making yourself happy. So that's that's really ultimately the only downside here is that you're just spending a lot of energy doing that thing. That energy could be spent elsewhere. Okay, so final line on your palm is the heart line. Uh, it starts underneath your pinky, and it is the uh, deeply cut line that heads up towards your fingers uh, on your palm. Uh, immediately, what I look for is like that upward curve. It's like a smile, happy, happy smile is a happy heart line. Uh, that upward curve uh, immediately represents that you uh, are a normal yeah. human being. Right, but unfortunately, yours is just brownie. <laughs> it's, it's a sad line uh, no Taylor no your, yours is a happy smile and it means you can make strong emotional connections to people or things or, or what have you uh, you're a completely normal human being and functional <laughs> so that's great uh, I often tell again, people again he is not licensed <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, not in this country yeah uh, okay, so that's that's good. Uh, what I also look for are these little almond shape, eyelet shape islands uh, on your heart line where the line separates and comes back together and it forms these little eyelets. Uh, you have several of them. Uh, and many of them are actually very large in respective to your overall heart line. Those eyelets represent very strong emotional connections to things. Uh, or people, uh, very careful to say, it could be anything that you can emotionally connect with. Usually it's people, could be pets. It could be, again, if you were uh, religious, it could religion could show up as that deep emotional connection to something. If you very much loved a potted plant, that would be an emotional connection. Uh, though it would have to be very strong, I imagine, to actually show up on your palm. But still, it could be a very loyal plant. Who knows? I've killed all my plants. That's why I have fake plants behind me. Okay, so... I was wondering if those are real. <laughs> They're not. I've killed every real plant. I'm just I'm not a good plant. plant. Including my tomato plants. Oh, Thanks. Oh, no. Oh, right. 
<laughs> so it's good that you have these emotional connections. I like I like seeing them. The fact that they close off doesn't mean that they end. It could in fact mean that that connection is so a part of you that it's not even necessary to record anymore. It is just a part of you. Uh, so I would feel like we were about here on your heart line. Interesting that it has a similar pattern where there was some kind of a huge event. You're kind of in a smooth spot or a lapse between something and then something else huge occurs again. And then your heart line gets smooth after that and, and looks more ideal after that. It's the same pattern as on your lifeline. So uh, I think the first huge emotional connection here that we're talking about, at least in this triplet of, of uh, symbols, is probably related to that shitstorm. We already mentioned that it, it affected every aspect of your life. Here, it's, I think, showing that it also affected you emotionally and that there were sort of, there was, there was damage done from it. Yeah, it uh, killed our houseplants. Yeah. Uh, among <laughs> other things, right. There's sort of a calm period in between, and then we see a similar shape pop up again on your heart line. This is just sort of reconfirming that there's still a part two coming for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And that it will be perhaps just as bad as the first one. However, the whole point of palm reading is now you're aware. Like I said, stock up on canned yeah. foods, uh, get water, blankets, whatever it is you need to do. You can prepare for it this time. And also, please remember that he is full of baloney. <laughs> I don't know why that's true. I'm just looking at the smooth sailing after. That's there what I'm I, There you on. go. <laughs> Eyes on the prize. Lot, there's a lot of smooth sailing after, comparatively. It's a big, <laughs> big portion of those lines. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I agree. You guys see what I see. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. Also, your heart line goes off your palm as well. You have a huge emotional capacity to help people, to support people. Uh, I like that there aren't a lot of lines hanging off of your heart line. Lines that start and then like dangle down like vines would represent people who are emotionally sucking your energy, the emotional vampires, people who are not. Hornworms on your tomato. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Human hornworms uh, <laughs> that are that are nibbling on your beautiful foliage. I don't, I don't, that, that analogy uh, kind of falls apart. It, it falls, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, but but I, I don't see that is my point, uh, meaning that your emotional strength we already established you can weather the, the thing that we're talking about, the part two. Uh, and once that's gone, you're able to flourish emotionally as well. It's fantastic. What I do notice is that there are a lot of lines on above your heart line that many of them connect. Some of them don't, but they're all above them. So lines above your heart line would be people who are, not uh they're de dependent on you emotionally in that you are their rock a lot of people depend on you uh more so after the part two nonsense i would take that to mean that you move into some kind of a position of power that people are constructively productively dependent on you 
that that you are overseeing people perhaps or something uh you are a leader of some kind uh and this is showing up on your heartline so it's like an emotional leadership in addition to like an actual realistic leadership and it, it would be really great um if you when you take over the world if you could just remember that we were like <laughs> remember the little people. <laughs> uh, so i think that's that's fantastic news none of this looks like the chaos of lines that we were first talking about in your lifeline there's some structure there's like regularity to these i, I think it's good uh, and like I said, it, it suggests that you become a person of influence, uh, dare I say, power or leadership for some reason. All of this coincides with that pivot you do in your fate line. Uh, I accused you of selling out. All, all of that <laughs> appears to be related to that, uh, to, to whatever it is that you become I would say incredibly successful in that you get to do exactly what it is that you want to do once you do that you, that pivot that you have to do. Excellent. I'm okay, sit so, on the beach in my private island. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's, uh, the private island symbol is right here. So, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so now that we're up to the top of, her, well, the top of her hand, as it were, just below that index finger, and you were talking about we need to make a mental note of these extra lines. Right. So these yep. lines are, are why they're first unusual is that they're sort of independent. They float above your lifeline off to the side of your heart line. They're not really directly connected to anything, although there is sort of one making a connection to your heart line. Um, so that's what, first of all, makes these unusual. They're there. We were talking about islands. It, it is an island of lines on your palm uh, that they're, it's above are your lifeline. Are they islands in the stream? Is that what they are? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. I'm the palm oh, reader right. here, so. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so what do they mean? What do they mean? Uh, oh, now she's invested. Now she wants yeah, to. Yeah, so <laughs> they're loosely connected in that, like by proximity, they're connected to your lifeline. And early on, it's, kind of connected to your heart line. So this is sort of leaning towards a person, an emotional connection to something. I can't quite say that this is a positive emotional connection to this person. Oh, I'm oh, very yeah, sorry yeah. for this. There is something uh, unrequited or unresolvable about some kind of a very strong emotional connection to somebody from early in your life. This would be 12 years and younger. Some some point, well, probably not like when you were one, but I, you know, <laughs> yeah. so early in your life, there was some very strong emotional connection, probably to a person. I'm not certain that this person was family. Um, and I don't, I'm really leaning towards that this wasn't a positive experience on your part Man. because it was something yeah, that is, it's kind of an emotional baggage that you've carried with you. You are carrying with you. And like I said, it is unresolvable. It is perhaps a conflict or something that occurred to you. Um, and again, it was emphasis on some kind of an emotional impact on you. It is not 
weighing anything down. It is not costing you energy to have this emotional baggage. However, it is there. Uh, Good to know. I'm going to say... i got to re-examine my uh, yeah. elementary yeah, you school friendship. Go back you know, to third friendship. grade and find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, examples... Again, this isn't might not be related to you. I'm just saying examples of something like this would be bullying, uh, whether you were the bully or the person being bullied, like that kind of. uh, (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, you've you've gone on record saying that. Okay. Like I mentioned, I'm dyslexic, so I had a hard time in school. Sure. I um, Did you have a teacher or a counselor or somebody at that age, you know, uh, you know, elementary no, age, I give you a hard time? I, well, give me a hard time? About sure. the dys- with dyslexia. Oh, I mean, abuse. all my teachers gave me a hard Aww. time. Yeah, I had, I had a really hard time in school. I think it also, you know, it's so funny because, you know, when I was younger, like in the 90s and stuff, like when I was little, um, there was like no awareness of things like that. I sure. feel like the way yeah. that there is now, like now sure. they'd be like, Oh, this child is struggling. That doesn't mean that they're a total idiot. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully I think that right, uh, right. back in the nineties, it was like, good luck. You're in, are you just stupid or what? <laughs> oh, right. Catch up. So it was like in the seventies. Oh yeah. I, uh, I imagine. And we thanks. <laughs> this to me then I, I think this is perhaps representing more of that uh, in that it's something that's unresolvable it's an, an emotional connection you have um, uh, yeah I, I feel like this is something that you're carrying with you the fact that it's connected to your heart line I think means you've at least I don't want to say come to accept it, but you've like incorporated like, yes, this was a thing that happened to me. It's not defining me. You know, that sort of self-actualization about it, but it is still there and it is still with you. Perhaps you've turned that into a sort of prove them wrong kind of energy. Uh, I mean, I would hope that would be. And so maybe that's the positive spin on this. It strikes me that that's what you have done, that, that despite all of those people, you're, you know, you're, you're very successful. You have a book. You will then pivot to be on Fox News. All of it. No, uh, that's <laughs> that I would never do that. <laughs> so, okay. So maybe not that last part, but it seems like you, you've done all of that. Uh, and I think that's why this isn't cr- connected to really any of your major lines. I mean, your heart line a little bit, but uh, I would still say that this is sort of floating up there and that it's, it's a thing you carry with you. But it's, like I said, it's not weighing you down. You are simply aware and it is incorporated into who you are. All right, so we can let those go, whatever those little lines are. <laughs> sure, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't want to be contrarian. I don't want to say let them go. I mean, that's I'm saying it's a part of who you are. You're very open about it, uh, at least with us. Uh, I, You know, just... I, you know, be be proud, be proud of who you are, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that the message for today, Wheatla? Be proud of who you are? The message for today is don't be afraid to pivot and get a job right. on Fox News. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. The last one. That was I the last one. I never do that. I literally, <laughs> I don't want even to put that in people's heads. I take back what I said. I, rem- I removed that. ruined my life for like a significant <laughs> period of time. We know. We saw it right there on the <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so that's that's basically the palm reading that I got. Uh, I would, I guess, I would first like to know, like overall, do you think I was correct? Did I did I miss the mark on anything that I, I mentioned? I know we we just discussed a lot, but uh, no, it's what are so your interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah. This is the this is the most time I've ever spent looking at my hand, and um, <laughs> it's so interesting to see. You know, you like, know what's I, funny is this is the most time I have ever spent looking at your hand. All <laughs> It's so funny because you don't, you know, you just don't notice all these little intricacies, but no, it's so, it's so great. And um, I'm so grateful. This was such a fun, you know, experience. Um, and I feel like I learned a lot, it made me really think about stuff. And I am very excited for the smooth sailing part of my life that Absolutely. will eventually come. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Okay, so, we yeah. take a really short break just for a second because I've got to do some research on Fox News and if they're hiring and it will be no. right back. <laughs> okay taylor lorenz you have done it you survived the the hollywood palms experience we hope it wasn't too hard on you my dear and honestly i'm really kind of excited to see which book cover comes out (laughs) now that we know right now that we know that there were so many (laughs) options for extremely online I'm looking forward to seeing the final outcome. And I am so excited. I'm definitely going to check back. We've got to check back in with you and see when we get to the smooth sailing part of things and find out exactly how how how, how shitty the second half of the shit storm was. Oh, no. We'll laugh about it on my yacht one day. Oh, yay. <laughs> Yachts sound very dangerous right now because we have to become more better friends with the whales That's before true. we can have a yacht. We That's don't need a yacht. True. That's true. We'll private, island private island. There it is. <laughs> right. And we're uh, clinking coconut drinks. Yes. I want to put that karma out there, please. Yeah. <laughs> the clinking coconut drinks and yeah. the, what do we call it before? Oh, the creative chaotic creativity. Oh, yeah. Coconut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the clinking coconut of creative chaos. <laughs> there it you is. Say it. There Go it ahead. is. All right. Well, this has been another delightful episode of Ruining Someone's Life. I mean, Hollywood Palms. Thank you again, Taylor, for coming to Thank play with you, us Taylor. today. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you very much. Quitla, uh, you got two clear points this time around. So yes, that's a, I that's did a win. <laughs> <laughs> that's a win, and we will have to talk about this again later. Right on. Thanks for listening to Hollywood Palms. Please rate and review the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. And if you didn't like the show, you could just keep that to yourself. If you want to know more, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hollywood Palms. Subscribe to the various tiers to hear exclusive episodes and learn about other premium options, including getting a personal reading by Quitla. Hollywood Palms is produced by Rob Beals. Our logo designed by the talented David Polston. Music by the delightful Miguel Garcia-Hool. Hollywood Palms is a Genius Royale production.